Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. We started talking about goats. I know, but we're not going to keep talking about goats, right? No, not for this episode. <laughs> not this time. Oh, uh, we got a good one, though. We got a great show uh, today. We got Nate Stack. Yes, is uh, going to join us here in Studio B. Nate, how are you? I'm doing good, Sean. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are things over at Sand Hills Publishing? Things are busy. Uh, we're staying busy. Uh, we've got a lot going on. I wanted to hear more. So right before we started the show. Trina was talking about chickens with arms. Yes, yes, yes. It's not chickens. It's any birds. Everybody stop what you're doing right this moment. Just hit pause. Come back in a second. But go and Google birds with arms and just have a great day. <laughs> that's all. If, all, if the, that's all you get out of this show today. The fake arms that they put on day. birds. Yes. No, yeah, people draw them on the, on the video, like stick figure arms. So... The specific video that we were talking about was an emu chasing around a dog around a, some person's living room, which, first of all, there's an emu in a living room, and that's weird enough as it is. Second of all, it's chasing around a dog. And then third of all, they've like added arms to make it look like this thing is dancing while it's playing with the dog. And it's an amazing video. Birds with arms. Birds with arms. Check it out. <laughs> Please check it out. Don't let me be the only one that thinks this is hilarious. Nate's gone quiet on us. He's in there. Like, He's like, what are we doing man, right now? What, did you say Google? You no. won't regret it. You won't regret it. Go look it up. Oh, that's good times. How about we talk about equipment a little <laughs> how bit? How we do. How things are going over at uh, our friends at Auction Time. Yes. Uh, Sand Hills Publishing. And, you know, once I start down that path, it's a, a number of companies that you have over there different services that you provide to uh, primarily the equipment industry. You have a lot of parallels with that, golf industry, aircraft industry. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with Sandhills right now, Nate, and how have you been? Yeah, well, thank you. So we've got a lot going on and the products and industries that we serve are all primarily equipment related. And that varies from the retail sectors to wholesales, down to the auction and liquidation side of things. You know, we work with several different sites, and our primary ones are construction-related with Machinery Trader, ag-related with Tractor House, and then over-the-road trucks and trailers with Truck Paper. But we get into aircraft with our controller websites, and then we get into the auction aspect with auction time, equipment facts, and also bid. And it's been a really busy time of year for us. And things are really, really moving like crazy right now. So I'm excited to talk about that today. All right. So let's talk about the time of year. I know seasonality has a lot to do with that uh, industry, that business. What's going on just from seasonality, uh, the end of harvest or beginning of harvest, the timber industry, the golf industry, you know, as, as fall starts to set upon us and bees into winter, are they moving a lot of golf equipment? But what's going on in seasonality right now in your business? Yeah, with seasonality, specifically in the auction industry, we see heavy influxes, you know, in the spring as people are getting ready for uh, planting season. And it seems to level off typically throughout the summer months. But then in the fall, we pick back up again. 
especially leading into the end of the year with year-end sales and people trying to liquidate or trade in and, and buy new equipment before the first of the year. This year has been a little bit different. We've seen a, a pretty heavy influx throughout the year with the trends moving online for all different types of sales, uh, auction, but also retail and everything in between. Seasonality, you know, we've really seen it across all fronts, even, you know, the ag equipment has stayed fairly steady throughout the year. Golf equipment is always, especially turf equipment, that's always heavy in the spring, but it's it's been a very interesting year for us. So define that just a little bit, turf equipment. Why is that heavier in the spring and what exactly is turf equipment? Yeah, so turf equipment really spawned off of our Tractor House website, which is our ag division, but there's a very niche industry out there and a set of buyers and sellers specifically for turf equipment, which includes your lawnmowers, your golf carts, uh, anything lawn maintenance, anything related to that. And, you know, as you get into early spring, that's really when people are looking to improve their fleet. They're looking to get into that type of inventory. So we see a big influx. So when they're like replanting golf courses and things like that, or just yards and things of, of that Yeah, I, I always think, you know, golf courses specifically, you know, you're prepping the fairways, the greens, you're managing, you know, all aspects of the course, but you may also be updating the fleet of golf carts, whatever it might be. Hmm. I would like to have a fleet of golf carts. That'd be fun. A fleet of them? Yeah. What would you like one? I would give one to each of my children and all of their friends, and we would just play tag in the yard. It'd be all amazing. Right. A fleet of them. All we right. would need a fleet for that, I think. Flag football with golf carts. Yes. Amazing. Let's do yeah. it. You could oh, actually like tackle each other. You could tackle each other in a golf cart. <laughs> just jump off the side and onto the onto your friends. First one to turn a cart over wins. <laughs> Last one standing. Last one standing. <laughs> Capture uh, the flag. This is awesome. I like these ideas. Cart in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, good stuff. So the golf industry, I assume that's going to taper off a little bit in the winter. But how's the timber industry? I'm looking through uh, some of the notes here, show notes. And is the timber industry is it strong? I, I noticed that your numbers are strong across the board right now. But what are you seeing specifically in niche markets like timber? You know, timber, it does vary. It's seasonal and also it varies a lot geographically. So certain parts of the country are, are a lot stronger where you've got a lot more of the forest, you know, the upper Northwest, you'll see it in Arkansas, Missouri. A lot of that is dependent on the part of the country that you're in. The forestry trader for us is a unique site. It's a lot like the turf equipment website, but it spawned off of our machinery trader website. And there's a niche group of people that work with that type of equipment. And so we've found it beneficial to have just a site specifically that tailors toward toward that inventory. Gotcha. Well, I can see where it's definitely geographical. I'm from northwest Oklahoma. So the timber industry right there in that uh, that immediate area, southwest Kansas, northwest Oklahoma, not too prevalent. Um, <laughs> you know, there's... Uh, there's protected trees out there. I think we have names on each one of them. So they're you have they, you've named the trees. <laughs> Why not? There's only seven of them. <laughs> so you get to know them personally. No, it, it's it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty skinny out there for timber. But you know, in the southeast and the northwest and some of the heavy timber areas, I was curious with the housing boom that's going on and has been going on for some time. 
if the timber and forestry equipment sales have ticked up over the last two to three years? Yeah, we've seen, and that's part of why we went down the road of creating this Forestry Trader website is we have seen an uptick in that and people are looking for the inventory. They need the inventory because they're expanding. You know, the home sales, I think, are a direct correlation to that. The building, uh, homes are going up. There are more and more builders. They need equipment. And there's definitely a, a market for that out there right now. Tell your friends you get your information on the Sale Ring Podcast Show. We've talked a little bit about golf course equipment, about uh, forestry equipment, and the housing boom right now. There's construction equipment, obviously, is one of the larger verticals that um, is going to be an industry you serve. What do you see going on in the housing market and housing equipment and what's the forecast out there in the equipment industry? Or do you have one in Sand Hills of how that's going to remain kind of heavy? Sales are going to remain heavy or are they going to start tapering off in the near future? From everything I can see, it seems to be fairly consistent still as we go into the end of the year here. I think sales may pick up even as we get closer to 2021. Construction in general, it, it was a little slower to start the year, but I think that's back up also. We've these sites that, that we've been talking about, forestry trader, but machinery trader for all yellow iron, any type of heavy equipment that is being used in these jobs, the, the traffic to our sites has been unbelievable. We've seen more and more people buying and visiting the sites, shopping for this type of equipment. So I expect that we're going to continue to see that as we go here. One of the things that I'm impressed about is uh, online sales, online auctions, which auction time sells a tremendous amount of equipment. The expansion or the adaptation of incorporating overseas markets into U.S. sales for equipment, the exposure of that equipment and online auctions. Any statistics, any trends that you see playing out right now as far as how much U.S.-based equipment is, is moving overseas? You know, this is something that's been growing consistently over the last several years. We've even expanded. We've got offices over in the U.K., Italy, several others throughout Europe, but then in Australia and South Africa as well. And we've got publications that dip down into Mexico and Latin America. With online sales just becoming, you know, buyer confidence in the online sales is growing every day. More and more people are getting comfortable with it. They're getting used to it. And so the number of sales to customers overseas or buyers overseas that will purchase it in the States and export it, import it back over to where they're at is continuing to grow. So I think to me, this is something that's only going to continue growing at a pretty fast pace as this as this trend just keeps going. Wow. So you guys are basically, you have actual operations all over the world, basically. Yeah, we've got several different retail publications and websites throughout those different countries. And so we're hitting the retail market, but the auction market as well is, is growing fast. I just specifically on the auction time side, I know we'll see buyers from 20 to 40 plus different countries every week that are bidding on equipment from the States. How many offices do you guys have total across the board? Yeah, we've got around a dozen of them and we've acquired some different trade publications that are in our construction ag and over the road truck and trailer markets that we basically run the operations out of those different offices. What are some of those publications, Nate? Let's go through those. And also, I'd like to know if you want to mention some of the locations, different uh, areas where Sand Hills is focused right now. Yeah, I know one sp 
specifically where we've had a lot of success and growth lately is over in the UK. We've got an office over in Manchester, and we have a, a variety of different publications that kind of span throughout. So I, I won't get into all of them. I know a few of them here that come to mind. Truck locator, farm machinery locator, plant locator, those are three big ones. They're very similar, and they hit the same niche markets as our machinery, trader, tractor, house, and truck paper. We've also got like Resale Weekly, Cameon Supermarket, some of these in the different areas over there as well. How does the language barrier, how does that play into when you're printing a publication? Are those sometimes printed in foreign language when they're shipped overseas? Well, unfortunately, I only speak one language, so I'm not a big help when it comes to that. But that's why we've got these other offices. These guys do a great job. and They know the industry where they're at, and they do a great job of making sure that we have everything marketed toward those buyers in those areas. Great insight from our friend Nate Stack with Sandhills Publishing and Auction Time. We're going to slip away here from our sponsors and we'll be back in just a few more minutes. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out auctiontime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at auctiontime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. auctiontime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. While we were on break, we talked about the buyer confidence of online auctions a little bit. Let's talk about that more because we're seeing the same thing where Buyers maybe at one time were a little more reluctant to buy things online, especially overseas. If you're buying something outside of this country, there's always that reluctance out there. Is this a scam? Is it the real deal? I'm finding that their guards being let down just a little bit and they're getting more participation, more engaged in online sales. What's auction time, Sandhills? What do you see over there? Absolutely. This is something that's been growing and becoming more and more prominent over the years. But this last year in particular, we've seen a major jump because people really have been forced to buy online. Buyer confidence is is such a big thing. And with technology and the advancements that have been made in the online listings with pictures, detailed videos, all the detailed descriptions, 
it's really made this easier for buyers to feel comfortable and seeing all of the specs and good videos, they feel a lot more comfortable. And as they're doing this more and more, they realize that it really is easy and it's a great way to get out and find what you're looking for. And it's a lot less time consuming. So tell us what securities they have when they're buying online. What assurances do they have? Obviously, number one, you're working with a reputable, a very large global company Mm -hmm. that has a reputation and a lot of repeat transactions. But outside of that, what securities do they have? And I'm buying this piece of equipment. I'm trusting it will be shipped and delivered to me. And I'm fronting the money. You know, I'm presenting the, the funds out here for it. How do you kind of secure that in the transaction? Yeah, you know, the people that we work with and the customers that are selling through our sites, we've done business with for a long time. Everyone is either a dealer or an auctioneer, and it's what they do for a living. And obviously, we we have a relationship built with all of these sellers, and we work with them. And we have dedicated people that work with each and every one of these to help make sure that everything's listed the way that it should be, that it's accurate that they're getting good descriptions. And at the end of the day, that's what's helping the sellers move this to online buyers. But it's also a big piece of what is giving these buyers that confidence to buy online without oftentimes being able to fly out and look at the machine ahead of time. Yeah, there's actually a lot going on around security right now and counterfeit, not in auctions, but more on just like online marketplaces. Amazon and Etsy and places like that are seeing just a huge uptake in just counterfeit markets, basically, and people never getting what they're purchasing or getting a weird packet of seeds from China in the mail. So we talked about that on our last episode a little bit, but it's kind of refreshing to hear that you have individual relationships with each of your, you call them dealers or or auctioneers on your site. So, Yeah, well, luckily I haven't seen a packet of seeds randomly show up (laughs) on our sites yet, but the day will come, I'm sure. Security measures is something that are always changing and people are always trying to find ways to get around these. And so we've got a heavy IT group that is always staying up to date on best practices, different ways to help maintain, you know, the best, I guess, the most secure and safest way of moving this equipment online, because oftentimes they are high dollar pieces. And it's important that we do that both for the buyers and the sellers. You know, something that comes to mind for me, and I I have a little bit of background in history in the oil and gas industry. One thing that comes to mind is oil and gas sales because they tend to be and can be a lot lot of the time global sales. I see a lot of energy equipment that is bought and sold inside and outside of the U.S. I assume online auctions is starting to take a presence in that exchange. And it's interesting because I know that the market's a little bit tight for that right now, Nate. Any insight in what you're seeing as far as, because I know that auction time and sand hills have gotten into uh, oil and gas equipment sales too. Any trends that you're seeing in that industry? Yeah, this is really something that we've started to see more and more of over the last last few years. And so we did, we branched out into a more oil field specific industry to try and help service these buyers and sellers. And it can be somewhat of a volatile market. And so we do see trends when things are tight, companies might be struggling, they need to liquidate some inventory and turn it into cash. At the same time, when things are booming, their you know, buyers need mm-hmm. equipment and they need it yesterday and they've got to have it. And so the different outlets 
and the different ways to help people market that, but also to help the buyers find it has been a focus of ours. And, you know, it's an industry that I think is going to keep growing as well. Well, I think that industry will continue to grow. Uh, we went through a quite a slump in the oil and gas sector not too long ago. I'm looking at uh, the current pricing charts right now, and it uh, looks like it's bouncing back. At one time, we were, you know, bouncing around between $80 and $100 a barrel of oil in the U.S., both, you know, WTI and Brent crude. Those markets got all the way down to um, $5 a barrel. I mean, they bottomed out and then rebounded fairly quickly, but it's been quiet in that sector. And they only rebounded back about 25% of where they were previously. So right now, West Texas Index Crude, looking at the chart here, is up $1.29. It's at $43.16 per barrel, and Brent Crude is at $45.86 a barrel. Those are kind of mid-range prices. I mean, if you get within $40, $50 a barrel for oil, there's some money that's being made that uh, those pumps are being turned back on. There'll be a little bit of E&P or exploration and production work taking place inside of the U.S. And I believe that obviously the equipment's going to follow that. As the pricing models come back up, the equipment trade industry is going to follow that because they're going to need equipment to go back and explore for it, to produce it, to haul it to manufacture it. So you should see an uptick over the, if we continue on this trend we're on, you should see an uptick in those equipment prices. Yeah, I agree. And that's something I think we're we're starting to see as we go. And some of the fluctuations in the oil field equipment like that, they move pretty fast. The Sale Ring, online at www.thesalering.com. So let's talk a little bit about the equipment life cycle. One of the things that we discussed in uh, pre-show in uh, just discussion topics, if you will, was the life cycle of equipment. That's retail to wholesale to auction. Let's kind of go through the life cycle of a piece of equipment that's being marketed for sale and kind of what those uh, that, that process, that system looks like within the company that you're with. Yeah, this has been something over the last two years, but really this year, we've seen more and more buyers and sellers gravitating toward. And it's it's really when you're trying to to move equipment, how can you get the best price for those machines or those trucks or, or whatever it might be? And so there's really a life cycle to that equipment where sellers are going through this process to try and make sure they get the best return out of it that they can. And, and I think the way people sell equipment is shifting. And I think we'll continue to see it moving in this direction over time. But there are really a few different avenues to how that works. You know, we've talked about a few of the different avenues that we have to move equipment. And the traditional routes have been to really try and retail it with a for sale price and you work with the buyer and you negotiate a deal. But the auction side was also very prominent and people would take it to an auction. You put it up on the auction block. And at the end of the day, whatever it sells for, that's, that's what you get for it. Uh, we've been seeing really a combination of the two and they're they're working together as people try to move this equipment which i think has been a good thing because it's helped take it through some of these different steps which gives them the option to try and retail it potentially wholesale it or at the end of the day if they need to it, you know they can take it straight to auction and go so it's a pretty refined process retail wholesale auction. Uh, obviously, there's values that are associated with each one of those because it's uh, same 
product, same piece of equipment, but it's going through a different sales process that may have different assurances with you're possibly buying that in a retail setting out there. There would be possibly some guarantee, you know, some limited warranty versus at the end of that life cycle, you're buying this as is, where is in a cash sale. And uh, each one of those comes with a certain amount of, of risk to be mitigated, but uh, the price point would be reflective of that. Is that fair? Exactly. You know, every seller of equipment has a different backstory. It might be a, a contractor who finished with a job and just needs to liquidate and move on to the next. It could be, you know, an owner operator on a truck that is just upgrading, or it could be a dealer that has a certain amount of inventory on the lot, but they need to get as much as they can out of it, you know, by the end of the year. And so it fits differently for every individual seller. But we, you know, we've been working on options and we've been seeing this really work for people over the last year. What we do is we've accumulated a lot of pricing data over the last 30 years. And we're able to kind of come in and help people that are looking to move equipment, get an idea of what a retail price would be realistically and what a wholesale price might be if they're selling it to another dealer. And at the same time, if you're going to take this straight to an auction, what do you think you're going to get out of that? But the people who have the time, if they're not in an immediate time crunch to get rid of this equipment, what we've seen that is working extremely well for people is taking it through this life cycle you know, we've helped a lot of people get this up for sale retail first and foremost. Let's let's get that retail number on it, see if we can get you the best price possible for several weeks. And we'll exhaust that outlet. And if we don't have any takers at the exact same time we're doing that, we can get a wholesale number on it and float that out to all the dealers who may actually have another buyer that's looking for the same thing. And so it works hand in hand. You know, we try and obviously move it through one of those two outlets. And if neither of those are working at the end of the day, we're going to get that up on one of our auction platforms and we're going to list that thing. And we know it's going to sell on this date regardless. And hopefully what we've done by floating it out in those retail and wholesale markets is we've created buyers and potential buyers that are watching it and they've bookmarked that piece and they're waiting for it. And they're going to go in and they're going to create that audience to help get you the best auction price as well. So you talked really briefly about pricing data. I know that auction time, obviously, you know, is heavily invested in, in finding that pricing data. Is that something you share with your sellers? Yeah, we've collected auction data from not just our auction platforms, but from all auctions all over the world for years. We started doing this about 30 years ago. And so we've got a great tool full of this data that we can go in and look at not only what prices certain pieces of, of equipment are bringing, but what have different you know, economic situations, geography, commodity prices, what kind of role are these different situations playing on prices for different categories of equipment. So with that, we, we feel pretty confident that we can get people a good idea of where that machine would sell, you know, what, what it's worth that day based on some of the different situations going on and where we think we can help move that. That's got to be invaluable. If I'm a seller and I have a tractor or a bulldozer, any piece of equipment to sell, and a company like Sandhills has sold hundreds of pieces of equipment identical to this, and you can layer in seasonality, location, geography, you know, a, a number of different um 
kind of uh, environments that that piece of equipment sold in, that data has got to be invaluable to me because I know essentially what a likely sales price is going to be ahead of even listing that property. It truly is. It's invaluable in a lot of different ways. And it's something that we've invested a lot of time and energy in to help collect this because it's something that really is important to the customers that we serve and the people we work with because they want to know what what can I expect uh, when when I sell this thing. And and we want to give people the most realistic expectations of what, you know, what they're looking at. That's more great insight with Nate Stack. We're talking about equipment sales, Sand Hills Publishing and Auction Time. We'll be back in just a few more minutes. We're going to hear from our sponsors one more time. Stay tuned. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com. The way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. So while we were on break, we were talking about all of the different national days. If you haven't done this, go to Google and type in National Day Calendar. National Day Calendar. It will give you a calendar of all of these national or world days that have been uh, assigned to different days throughout the year. Mm -hmm. What's today? What's this week, I guess? So this week, September 1st, uh, is National Acne Positivity Day. Okay. All the teens out there should be happy about that day. That's right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This one I'm not 100% sure on. It's also, there's three of them on September 1st. National Chicken Boys Day. (laughs) Chicken Boys, like plural. Nate, what is that? I have never heard of that. I figured Trina would know. It's probably, you know, chickens with arms chasing boys around. That's where I'm going. (laughs) That's where my head went. Let me tell you, uh, because that's incorrect. Let me tell uh, oh, of you. Course it let is. me tell you what is correct. National Chicken Boy Day, September first. National Chicken Boy Day honors the birthday of an interesting statue in California. <laughs> celebrates his ceremonial birthday, Chicken Boy, 
this is the statue, stands 22 feet tall and holds a bucket of chicken. <laughs> the fiber- I just Googled this. This is impressive. <laughs> this is impressive. It's so, uh, oh, statue- And you can see it along Route 66. Oh, it's in get California. your kicks on get Route your, 66. Get your kicks with Chicken Boy chicken on boy Route statue. 66. He's literally just holding a bucket of chicken, and we have a national day celebrating this statue in California. He is named after a former 1960s <laughs> Chicken Boy restaurant, also known as Statue of Liberty of Los Angeles. The Statue of Liberty of Los Angeles is a chicken boy statue. Bingo. Which is based on a restaurant similar to, what do they call that? He says he joins other notable food characters such as (laughs) Big Boy and Ronald McDonald. Okay. Big Boy. Well, this is definitely a reason to celebrate. Yeah. Absolutely. And to you, we say happy birthday, chicken boy. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Happy birthday, (laughs) chicken boy. Also coming up this week, Sean Terrell is celebrating a birthday. That's not till the third. I know. Yeah, we're not there I said yet. This week. This is September first. Still, <laughs> here's know. one more. <laughs> I gotta drop that in while it I is... can because you won't let me later. <laughs> Great plug. Don't tell anybody how old I am. Oh, I'm okay. 31. Yeah. <laughs> National No Rhyme Nor Reason Day. <laughs> Similar to this show. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason for this conversation. <laughs> That's hilarious. I can get on board with that day. I like it. National No Rhyme Nor Reason Day on September 1st recognizes words that do not rhyme with any other words in the English language. There's only like three, isn't there? It's like orange and like two others. How would you know something like that? Because it's well-known knowledge, Sean, that nothing rhymes with orange. That's like public information. Well, here's some of them that they dropped (laughs) in. Okay. Nate, is, you may or may, may not have known this. I actually did not know this. So there's no rhyme nor reason to orange, uh-huh. month, silver, spirit, chimney, purple, woman, ninth, or pint. Pint? Pint. P-I-N-T, I'm, pint. Now I'm like racking my brain for something that rhymes with pint. Good luck. Interesting. If you do, they're going to have to change the holiday. No more national rhyme or nor reason day. Or I guess just remove the word pint from that list yeah, would be another. probably more yeah. accurate. September 2nd's coming up. Uh, national Blueberry Popsicle Day. National. Hold, hold on. Blueberry Popsicles? Have hey. you guys had a blueberry popsicle in your life ever? Nate? Not yet, <laughs> but I'm about to tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Tomorrow's National Blueberry Popsicle Day. September 3rd is National Welsh Rare bit day. Rare bit? Rare Isn't bit. that a type of dish made out of like intestines or something along that lines? I hope that's not correct. I think it's correct. <laughs> Have a snack on National <laughs> Welsh yes. Rare Bit Day, September 3rd. What is rare bit? Yes. It's actually a Welsh term for rabbit. Oh, Similar to mock turtle soup having no turtle in it, Welsh rarebit does not contain rabbit. This sounds like a really bad Elmer Fudd joke waiting to happen. This dish is made with (laughs) toast that has hot cheese poured over it. So like poor man's nachos and rabbit. Or National Grilled Cheese Day. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Toast with cheese poured over it. That's not the same thing. Like when I think of cheese being poured, I think of nacho cheese and that's it. That's the only cheese I think of being poured over something. Also, September 3rd is <laughs> U.S. Bowling League Day. Uh-huh. 
Now, check this out. September 4th, I'm just going to go through the list because there's a lot of national days on September 4th. National Chianti Day, if you like one. Uh National Wildlife Day. National Newspaper Carrier Day. National Macadamia Nut Day. Ooh, I like that day. You'll like this one even more. National Lazy Moms Day. Oh, heck yeah. And it's on a Friday? It's on a Friday. Oh, this is a perfect opportunity. Why don't you take Friday off? I I think I will. Thanks. National Food Bank Day and National College Colors Day. Ooh, I can just wear college colors on my lazy day. That'll be amazing. As I'm eating a bag of macadamia nuts. This sounds like a great plan. I know what I'm doing Friday. Nate, did you catch all that? I'm still soaking that all in. Uh, There's a lot to celebrate. I'm going to have to put some thought into that one. (laughs) He said, I'm still focused on Chicken Boy Day. (laughs) I I can't get over the statue. (laughs) 22-foot tall Chicken Boy. Uh, September 5th is coming up uh, this weekend. National Cheese Pizza Day. National Be Late for Something Day. Hey, I celebrate that every day. This This is sounding better. I think I work with a guy that celebrates that every day. A girl, you mean? And a girl. <laughs> and National Tailgating Day and World Beard Day. Start growing those beards. Beard Day. Beard. Hmm. Beard. Hair hair on the face. Yes. Understand. September 6th is uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. National Coffee Ice Cream Day. Coffee Ice Cream Day. Hmm. And National Read a Book Day. Hmm. Okay. Cuddle hmm. up with... Uh, Bowl of ice cream, coffee, ice cream, and read a good book. That sounds like a Sunday. great plan for Sunday, too. There you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, this week. That is the national calendar, national days. So Wonderful. I can't wait to lay around and eat macadamia nuts come Friday. That's where I'll be. If anybody's looking, I'll be on my couch. <laughs> Surprise. Nathan, we appreciate your time. Nate, it's always good to spend some time and, and to get some insight from you about equipment sales. Sandhills Publishing Auction Times doing tremendous things over there. And again, as Trina mentioned earlier, we appreciate you being a sponsor on this show. Uh, the podcast is taken off. Viewership is growing and we, uh, we appreciate your support. Well, thanks again. I really do appreciate you having me here. This has been great and I always enjoy getting together with both you and Trina. Very good. Well, if somebody wants to contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of Nate Stack over at Sandhills? Yeah, if anyone has any questions, you can always shoot me an email. My email address is nate, N-A-T-E, at auctiontime.com. Or you can call me. My phone number here is 402-458-4525. I'd be happy to talk to anybody that has questions with anything we've covered today. Nate, we appreciate it. We look forward to having you back next time. Well, thank you. This has been great. That guy is always first class. You know, yes, every time we talk to him, he's full of information uh-huh. and just uh, just a stand-up individual. So I, I appreciate Nate being on. Yeah, me too. You and me both. He's fun also. Speaking of fun. Um, oh, Lord. What do we got now? <laughs> no, just national <laughs> days. Those chickens are... <laughs> with arms, chicken boys. Chicken what boy. else do we got? <laughs> chicken boy was enough. <laughs> national chicken boys day. I'm putting that in my work calendar. I hope and... you do. I'm celebrating it starting today. I'm going to celebrate it and uh, are you going to say forward. a little national anthem to like I'm gonna, an allegiance to Chicken Boy? It is, you know, 22 foot statue, which is the <laughs> Statue of Liberty for to say Los Angeles. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's so, what it's uh, Yeah, one nation <laughs> under bucket. 
with wings and legs for all. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's... Uh... And on that note, thank you, everyone, <laughs> for joining us. That's going to pretty much round out this episode. <laughs> Join us next time inside the sail ring. This episode has ended, but your journey to greatness continues. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesailring.com now. That's www.thesailring.com.